0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are super excited to be with you this week because, man, we got lots to talk about. We're only going to be able to fit one episode this week in, so we get to talk about BYU playing SUU and BYU playing Arkansas. We get to talk about week two of college football as well as week three of college football. We give you our hot takes, our knee-jerk reactions, and what we think of the team after letting us stew. We got Nifty 9, Tipsy 10, all kinds of numeric things happening in this episode. If you are enjoying the episode, make sure you leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or whatever um, platform you might be listening to the episode on. We do very much appreciate the reviews. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter, at Loyal to Royal Pod, where you'll find lots of fun and interactive content. You will be able to vote in the polls that we um, reference in the Tipsy 10 and if you have any questions or anything, you can DM it to us on there, and we will read it live on the show. Without further ado, let's get to it. Let's boo! tag tigers. But that field judge on the
1: far side is in their
0: pocket, man. Over your back, right?
1: <laughs> let's back this bula. <laughs> 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 let's go wild
0: let's go, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <Be comfortable. laughs> We're at a waterfall, dude. <laughs> this Go 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 go
1: go 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 of the Royal Strong and True podcast, best podcast in the land. If you are a BYU fan and you hate the SEC and you love college football, um, all of those things, that is us. That's what we do. Oh, heck yeah. Uh, let's start. I mean, we got a lot to cover. We only got one episode for you today, uh, this week. So we have a lot to cover. Um, and let's just jump right into it with some housekeeping.
0: Yep. Just like you grab the pen, pineapple, apple pen, you know, you put it together like that guy in the video. You take the apple pen, you take the pineapple pen, you put it together for the pen, pineapple, apple pen, just like this episode. This is a pen, apple, apple, pineapple pen, something. (laughs) I don't know what it is, something like that. But uh, to start out housekeeping, I just want to give a quick shout out, uh, just personal. uh, Love you guys with all my heart. Um, I made a dumb little meme versus Sam Houston. Um, After we beat Sam Houston, I posted a meme. It was just this dumb one that Sam Houston practically made for me. I just had to put L's over the glasses and it was like, I don't know, like it it took me a while to make the meme because I made it and then it got lost and I had to remake the whole thing, finally got it up. And for whatever reason, this one's popped off for 80 likes. We've gotten like eight more followers off of it. And we've gotten three, count them, three hate comments. Oh! So like, yeah, I'm pretty pumped about that. Bring all the hate, honestly. Oh, baby, hate captions. I love it. Yeah, yeah, we got, we got called the, uh, the r word a few times oh geez. wowzers these kids need to have their phones taken away from their mothers <laughs> i'm sure it was right
1: before downtime kicked in
0: yeah i don't know i just it's just a, another reminder that this uh community we're building we're creating here at royal strong and true is awesome we love you guys and we want you guys to help us grow this community keep sharing the episodes and the and, and the social media accounts the weekend watch guides. share all that with your friends because it's freaking sick.
1: It's awesome. And we love the interaction. Uh, Again, if you send us questions, we will read them on the air, and we will answer them. We'll talk about them. So we love that interaction. Uh, Now, BYU women's soccer beat the number one team, UCLA, a couple weeks ago, and they have remained the unanimous number one team in the country. They beat Utah 6-1 on the road up in Salt Lake over the weekend. Clap it up for them.
0: Absolutely. I think this they, they had scored in like the 3rd minute, right? That's when we scored our first goal. Yep. <laughs> they're, Utah they're pretty sucks.
1: good. They're pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah, we had some other BYU players playing this weekend though. We had some Cougars in the NFL. Can you believe Ooh, that? They're, they're no fun league. I just don't understand. Like I've, I've been seeing lots of posts on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, social media, Facebook, um, threads, um, MySpace, um, what what are some other uh, – Something, you know. Um, Tumblr? Is, is that a thing? Uh, uh, it was. Probably still is. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Anyway,
0: uh, people are posting all around that BYU players have been very undervalued in the NFL draft. And once they get to the NFL, they produce. And, boy, was that evident this weekend.
1: It absolutely was. I mean, we got to start with Puka Nakua. First ever game in the NFL, 10 receptions, 119 yards. You better know he's on my fantasy waiver list. Uh, He absolutely popped off. We kind of saw this coming. Like, the reports out of fall camp is that everybody loves him. He's getting reps with the ones. He's doing awesome work. But he just went out there and flaunted it. I just hope he stays healthy because, man, is he electric when he's healthy.
0: Oh, heck, yeah. He is only the fourth rookie in the history of the NFL to, in his debut game as a rookie, have 10 receptions and over 100 receiving yards. Pretty sick! Clap it up for Puka, man. That was did you have any doubt that this was going to happen? in the, once Puka finally saw the field in the NFL, no. I
1: mean, we we know how electric he can be. I thought it was going to take him a little while longer to see the field, both Cooper Cup being injured and just the way the roster fell out on the Rams. Like he got his chance early and made the most of it. And, and like we said, like we knew what he's capable of.
0: Yeah, and the funniest part about this, Jared, I don't know what you just did, but your mic quality just improved tenfold. So just. Keep your USB wherever it's at. Um, I will not touch anything. <laughs> um, yeah. What I don't understand is it, it's it's honestly hilarious seeing all of the national college football writers that, right. that I didn't see anything like this from Puka. I watched all of his day- No, you didn't dude. <laughs> but like Puka, Puka didn't do this in any of his games in college. What the heck he did? Yes, of course he did. Dude. He did it. His- Whenever he was healthy and on the field, the guy was making plays. And it's just another reminder That these national college football writers, they literally just write about the SEC and call themselves national because they think that the SEC is the only thing that matters in the freaking country. So watch football other than what's on primetime, and maybe you'll actually be a college football expert like us on the Royal Strong Strong and True podcast.
1: Exactly. See, I have no problem with casuals, right? The problem is when the casuals pretend to be experts, and that's what every AP voter is. That's what most of the national writers are. They're casuals that are facading or what's the word facading is going to go with Uh, when they are presenting themselves as experts, masquerading, masquerading, yes, that's the word they're (laughs) masquerading as experts, but you take off the mask and they are the burnt faced phantom casual underneath. Now, like we said, nothing wrong with casuals. If you're casual, that's great. Just don't pretend (laughs) to be an expert and talk about things like you're an expert.
0: Just own up to what you
1: are, okay? Exactly. Just be genuine and honest with yourself and with others.
0: Man, we've spent a lot of time on Puka. Let's move on to Tyler Algier. Um, He did not get the starting nod. It was given to Bijan Robinson on the depth chart, but he received more rushes than anybody else on the team. So shout out to him. 15 carries for 75 yards, two touchdowns, and three receptions for 19 yards as well in a victory versus the Carolina Panthers, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes, and I was a little bit worried because Tyler Algier was electric for the Falcons. He was awesome, and then they went out and John Robinson, the night pick in the draft, really a, like a head scratcher when you had somebody as good as Tyler Algier. But Tyler Algier is still the beast, and they still trust him with the football. They're still giving him a lot of carries. Like you said, he got more carries than anybody else on the team. He got three receptions, had almost as many yards as Bijan did receiving. And Bijan had three more receptions than he did, so they're obviously still trying to get Tyler the ball, and I'm happy about that. Heck yeah! Uh, Fred Warner also played eight tackles, TFL, PBU. I mean, that's what Fred does. Uh, there's not much else we can say about him. They also the were beat a beat down of a monster. game. Monster.
0: He was filling holes like a freaking semi truck driving through a like the eye of the needle from the Bible. Like, <laughs> like it was insane. The dude was. He's a beast. He's a beast. He is a beast. And then finally, we. have – Jack Wilson oh. who uh
1: got moved to second string now this is an interesting topic very hot topic uh around the league uh Aaron Rodgers lasted all of 75 seconds on the jets tore his Achilles out for the year in comes Jack Wilson honestly i'm mean, he played well like he didn't great he did not play amazing he played good enough to win them the football game which they did um mm-hmm. 14 of 21 for 140, a touchdown and an interception. The interception came before most of his yards and his touchdown. So he bounced back from it well. Um, and he had a higher passer rating than Josh Allen, who he was playing and threw three picks higher than Patty Mahomes, higher than Joe Burrow, who got my fantasy team, like two and a half points this week. Um, I'm like, everybody is trashing the jets now because they have Zach Wilson, at quarterback. He played really well, like, like given the situation that he was in and given his past, he played exceptionally well, uh, given what like he used to do in these kinds of situations in the past.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And after he threw that pick, he went something like nine of nine and like took them ninety-five yards down the field for that touchdown. Like he was playing well. I mean, that interception was atrocious. But after <laughs> that, he settled in. It seemed like he had the support of his team, which you did not see last year. People oh, yeah. were picking him up and he was picking up other people. Garrett Wilson said after the game that. Zach was acting like a leader. He brought everyone together and rallied them to win that football game. So, I mean, kudos to Zach for that, man. And, you know, what a crazy way to win on that punt return <laughs> in overtime. Absolute terrible beat for my wife who had Garrett Wilson and oh. was down by two in her, fi- in her fantasy. Like, literally, Garrett Wilson just needed to catch that game-winning touchdown or something, and it would have been good. But um, horrible beat for her, but great beat for Zach Wilson and the Jets. People forget when Zach Wilson was starting last year and before Brees Hall and everyone else got hurt, they were like five and one. Mm -hmm. They didn't fall off the face of the map until everyone got hurt. So I don't know. This is just another testament as well that it's not all the quarterback's fault when you're pressured every single drop back. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers dropped back twice, was pressured twice, was hit once, and tore his Achilles once. (laughs) Like, that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, Zach is just an easy target for everyone. He gets way too much hate than he deserves. Again, he's not like maybe he's not living up to the second pick, or the second overall pick in the draft, but he's not
0: deserving of all the hate what he gets. Uh, yeah, did of you saying, see oh, that... did... sorry, go back. No, no. What were you saying? Did you see that a uh, Jets fan threw a water bottle at him as he was walking out of the tunnel after he won the game? He literally won the game for you, and,
1: and, yeah, absolutely stupid. Um, poor Zach, dude, <laughs> poor Zach, <laughs> New York, Um, New York, baby. New Jersey, New York, New York. Uh, things about that game quickly before we move on way too much talk about the no fun league. But the reason we call it the no fun league is because the rules analyst came on after this incredible punt return touchdown that was electric. And he starts making up some BS about some diving player that swung his leg. Absolutely like a trash call. And he's like saying this win needs an asterisk on it because they missed a penalty. It's like, bro, this is why we call you the no fun league because you look for every and any opportunity to suck the fun out of everything to suck out of this exciting game in this amazing atmosphere. You are the problem, my man. Uh, and then everybody talking about Zach Wilson. I, I just thought it was very reminiscent. It was like, we were watching the college football game at the end there. And then yep. in come the NFL guys, and they just make it about themselves, make it not, not fun anymore. And uh, that's, I mean, that's why we call it the No Fun
0: League. Yep. I mean, they said the same thing about the Lions when they beat the Chiefs. They said, this game will have a giant asterisk next to it in the victory column because Travis Kelsey was on the sideline. Like, dude, nope. why, why are you putting asterisks asterisk on everything? The only two victories in the history of anything that deserve an asterisk are the Astros championship where they were banging on the trash cans the entire time Yep. and LeBron's bubble championship. Those Absolute. are the only two things that deserve asterisks. After that, everything is fair game. And this was fair game.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and finally, last thing, Garrett Wilson's touchdown catch. Maybe one of the best touchdown
0: catches I've seen in a long time. Holy crap. Insane, man. The Ohio State University doesn't produce good quarterback talent in the NFL. See Justin Fields. <laughs> But, man, their wide receivers are insane.
1: <laughs> they are so good. And the Ohio State wide receiver coach that's now the OC even, like, tweeted out. He's like, a boy, at Garrett Wilson. Like, that's why we practice that in the indie period. And so, like, mm-hmm. they had practiced these kind of – like, it's just insane. Um, but, yeah, that's enough about the NFL. Should we move on to college football? Let's do
0: it, man. We got a BYU game to talk about. We can't be – we can't be – I mean, we've been talking about BYU players, so it's not completely atrocious. But let's talk about BYU players that are currently on the BYU roster because they played a game versus Southern Utah University.
1: Uh, they did, and it was an interesting game, uh, nonetheless. First off, I mean we won forty-one to sixteen. We scored more than fourteen points, but we also allowed multiple touchdowns. Shout out um, to
0: Justin for correctly predicting forty-one points.
1: That that is true. Very impressive. Um, before we get into our knee jerk and after letting it stew. Let's talk about the uniforms. Um, mm. Thumbs up or thumbs down now that we saw them on TV in person, right? Like we've seen them now.
0: What What would you give them? I'm not going to go a thumbs up or a thumbs down on them. I'm just going to keep it at that sideways thumb, you know? Okay. Um, I would give them a thumbs up if they were any other school. The uniforms themselves were not bad. They looked pretty good, to be honest. In my opinion, I think these helmets looked a lot better than the previous iteration of the Navy helmets. Mm-hmm. But I still don't think BYU should ever wear Navy. That's just not BYU's color. Wear Royal. And if you're going to wear Navy, at least wear tan with it and a bib. <laughs> uh, I can definitely see that.
1: <laughs> I would love for them to wear the bibs and the tan. Um, As far as these uniforms go, I give them 45 degrees up. Like you Ooh. said, BYU shouldn't wear Navy uh, unless we're doing an actual throwback to the Navy tan era. Um, but all things considered, they looked really good. The helmets were awesome. It fixes the look to have that helmet. The decal is different. Doesn't have the filled in oval Y. It has the filled in Y with the oval just pipelined. Um, and then kind of the glistening, like depending on the way you look at it, it looks a little more Royal or Navy. Uh, I thought it looked really, really sharp and I'm okay with bringing those out once a year for like a, a kind of alternate uniform, get the recruits, take pictures in them. Right. Um, but again, it, it's not BYU's color. Like if you turn that game on, you're not thinking it's BYU unless you watch like the Gary Crowton era and the early Bronco Hall era. So I, I don't know, solid 45 degrees up for me.
0: Now, before we get into the game, I have to put my hand up, um, confess to my ecclesiastical brethren in front of me that <laughs> I have committed a sin. I did not watch the BYU football game live even though I have season tickets um, wasn't able to go I'm sorry I'm sorry but I had a football game of my own perhaps you guys remember the UTFL which has now been renamed to the UFL oh because the the person that bought the league found out that UTFL was associated with was with some unpaid back taxes and all that didn't want to be associated with it I had to change the name so on so forth um <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> don't, 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 don't pay attention to any of that. Um, <laughs> my team won though. We won 12, six. I had a touchdown catch in the game. So, uh, and a fumble recovery. Let's go. Uh, I must admit as well though, that when I was recovering the fumble, I had a almost free lane to the end zone, but one of the guys cut me off and I got eaten up by the turf monster. Anyway, oh! besides the point, I did watch the game after the fact. So I do have some speaking um moral ground on this game, but I just wanted to get out of it, get out in front of it and apologize to everyone in front of me for not attending the game live. Uh
1: that's all right. We're gonna give you your free pass. It's strike one, but it's okay. It's okay. We we live and we learn. Forgiveness is real. The atonement, all that. Um I I'll, I'll start all off that. with the knee jerk. <laughs> um knee jerk reaction, biggest one is Slovis is incredible. They actually let him throw down the field this game and he looked Absolutely incredible. That throw to Isaac Rex over the middle where Isaac Rex like ran out of gas after 50 yards and was absolutely (laughs) sputtering along, trying to get to the next line on the field. Very funny. But that throw was probably the best throw I've seen in Lavelle Edwards stadium in years. That was, it was layered. It was underneath the safety. It was above two linebackers just right in the only spot that Isaac Rex could get to it. And no one else could Slovis impressed me a lot. Um, his one pick was a uh, missed assignment, running back, missed a blitzing linebacker, and he got popped as he threw the ball. So it wasn't even his fault. Um, and it was also on a touchdown pass. Our guy can't remember if it was Chase Roberts or Keanu Hill, but he had 10 feet on this defender. I uh, mean, Slovis was throwing it to him. So it would have been a touchdown uh, if our blocking had been good, which leads me to my second point. Uh, The O is better, but the run game is pathetic. We need to abandon the outside zone. It is not working. Our guys don't get it, obviously. We're getting no push on the offensive line. Our running backs aren't made for it. Deion Smith is still learning kind of the cutback lanes. LJ Martin is getting it really well. But Aiden Robbins is a downhill runner. It doesn't work to have him sprinting out and then cutting up field. He's he's a power back, right? Like 250 or whatever, 6'2", 250. He's a power back. He's your guy that you go to on fourth and short. Not the guy that you have running outside, trying to push the defense to the outside and then cutting it back, and then finally, uh the d line d line is a problem um we didn't get any sacks again um it there were multiple plays, multiple plays in which Southern Utah had a one on one with their tackle and our d end and then a one on one with their guard and our like defensive tackle um there were multiple plays like that where we had two one-on-ones and we didn't win a single one-on-one battle. SUU quarterback had all the time in the world. Obviously, he wasn't very good. He was a little skittish in the pocket. But against a good quarterback, like there's no there's no way in Power 5 football you're playing an FCS team and you can't win a one-on-one in the trenches. Like That's ridiculous. So if that doesn't improve, then
0: we are doomed and there's no chance we can win six games. Oh, yeah. No, I've got to completely agree with that um my knee-jerk reaction to this game um love to see that our offense is capable in fact of scoring points um that's notable uh improvement there (laughs) our run offense is the most atrociously disgusting thing i've ever seen it's just i don't i don't agree (laughs) i don't like our offensive line looks like a bunch of freaking pansies um For whatever reason, you know, like pass blocking, we do extremely well. But when it comes to run blocking, I mean, Trevor Maddich went off on BYU Sports Nation on guys that aren't getting to the second level, guys that are not being violent. Like we, this entire offseason, we heard nothing, but Kingsley Suomataia is one of the most violent offensive linemen I've ever seen. But we haven't seen him like really, I mean, he's, no, he has pancaked a few guys, but we haven't seen him just like absolutely mangle some guys. And that's what I want. And on a consistent basis. Yeah, Exactly. Um, is Isaac Rex the GOAT BYU tight end? I mean, some are saying, some are saying, some are saying. Um, I thought we were done with missed extra points. Oh, my goodness. Um, that's okay. Uh, if you're gonna miss one, may as well miss one in an FCS game. <laughs> and Zion Parker Kingston, what? um, we got we got a we got some fast dudes, and he's one of them. Holy cow,
1: those returns were sick! Yeah, um. I think those good returns are probably the worst thing that's ever happened to him because now anytime he receives a kickoff, <laughs> he's going to take it out. He's oh, never yeah. going to get a touchback.
0: He's going to try. He's going to yeah. try
1: every time though. It, it, every time. Um, But he did have two where he brought it like past the 40, right? Like yep. mm-hmm. almost into opposing territory. So as long as he does that, like once or twice a game, maybe it's worth it. I don't know. Time will tell, I believe. But he is dang fast. Only time will tell, man. Uh, after letting it stew, after a couple of days, after the film watching, uh, what are you thinking now?
0: Would you take back any of your knee-jerk reactions?
1: Would you amend any of them? Do you have any new thoughts?
0: I cannot wait to see what this offense looks like versus Arkansas with hopefully all of our weapons on the field. Um, It's been reported, reportedly, that Cody Epps will be on the field versus Arkansas. So we will have Cody Epps and Keanu Hill back on the field. So we will have a full wide receiver room Nobody on the offensive line is seriously hurt. Our running back room is looking not hurt, but not great either. <laughs> I don't know like uh how to say that. Uh quarterbacks, we we have health all around. Um, so things are looking good in that respect. Um I'm extremely concerned about our offensive line. We're going to go play a team that thrives on bully ball. SUU does not do that. SUU is not good in the trenches. They are, I mean, they they got some good guys, but they're not great at all. Kalani has told us not to fret in the post game interview, saying that they'll fix things. They'll fix things. That's probably coach speak. I am cautiously optimistic about this team, but one thing I did notice, and that I really want to focus on, is that this BYU team has more speed and athletic and athleticism on it than I have seen in a long time for a BYU team. We have had guys in the past, a guy here or there. But we have guys across the board that are fast and that are athletic and that are doing things that we haven't seen at BYU before or that we haven't seen at least in a very long time since BYU was in the whack or something like that. You know, you see guys like Parker Kingston who are super fast. You see guys like McKenzie who is an absolute beast on special teams who, lest you forget, He's got a twin brother that's coming back from a mission here and about it. He'll be here for the 2024 season, I think. So don't forget about that either. We'll have two McKenzie's on the team that are incredibly fast. Love to see that. And that's something I hope we continue to see going into the big 12 guys that are faster, guys that are more athletic, guys that are bigger, guys that are stronger.
1: I a hundred percent agree. I think this is the best roster we've had in under Kalani's tenure. Maybe. Maybe that 2016 team with Taysom and Jamal, that one was pretty good as well. Um, but definitely better than the 2020 team, 2021 team. Like, like you said, we used to have guys, we have dudes now. Like we yeah. have certified dudes. Um, the whole Kalani thing that you were talking about in the press conference, uh, it's kind of frustrating to listen to Kalani talk and the coaches talk at press conferences because the most they'll say about anything is, yeah. We just need to see more effort from our guys and they'll talk about <laughs> effort. And then they'll talk about like getting, you know, just playing the next down or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Sam Pittman and we'll get into this a little bit later, but he breaks everything down. The reporters come in and the reporters actually know what they're talking about. So that's also a step up. Yeah. Um, But Sam Pittman like absolutely broke down everything. He, he started talking about run scheme and how different linemen's very, like their assignments vary based on the play design and then I watch Kalani's and he's just like, yeah, don't worry about the O-line. We'll figure it out. I trust our guys. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, That I don't answer know.
0: placates BYU sports writers. Like it does. Yeah. Like you said, like, like uh, the majority of the guys that write for BYU or that write about BYU do not go super in depth, right? They kind of, surface level because that's what a lot of BYU fans consume is that surface level media. I'm sure they probably could get into the nitty gritty if they wanted to, but that's just not in demand, right? But for sickos like us, it is. Okay. So I don't know. It's cool that their reporters ask those questions, or at least have asked those questions in the past to the point now where Sam Pittman just expects it and answers Mm -hmm.
1: it. It it is very cool. And we get into that a little bit later. I just want to bring that up. Um, but kind of on that line, like, I don't care what you do Kalani, but you got to fix the run game, bro. Mm-hmm. Like that is one thing that I knee jerk after letting it stew, no matter what we got to fix the run game. And then the defense yeah. still got to get pressure on the quarterback. Those are my two biggest things run game, getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, I mean, I, like you said, I'm cautiously optimistic, especially for this next game. We'll kind of get into it. Um, and let's actually, let's just get into it. Cause we're right here, uh, talking about BYU. Let's move ahead. Let's talk about Arkansas.
0: One um, more thing before we move on, Jared. Yes, 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 yes. I did want to make one comment to one of your uh, overreaction or I guess knee-jerk reaction yes. about the D-line sucking. Mm. Jay Hill addressed that in his interview today when people asked him about us not getting sacks. He basically said, yeah, but we are, we are providing some sort of pressure and our defense is playing well. I would rather have the turnovers that we're creating than sacks. I could see that.
1: Uh, we got to get turnovers then. Um, like you, you we got to get one or the other. I, I do like that. And, I, and and I feel like maybe he's kind of alluding to the fact that, you know, this is all we could do in one year, you know, like it, I hope that we have better D linemen in the future. And I hope that's kind of what he's meaning, but whether it's yeah. sacks or turnovers, I just want one of them. Right regardless and we are getting i mean we are getting turnovers so uh as long as we can keep that up i guess it's okay
0: yeah i mean two interceptions the first game and an interception and a fumble recovery in the second game we are forcing turnovers hopefully that trend continues
1: yeah and special teams actually looks really good like you said parker kingston electric returner harrison taggart on special teams blocked a punt um marcus mckenzie Recovered a muffed punt. Um, Marcus McKenzie is insane on special teams, but I mean, that's enough about special teams. We're already sicko enough on this podcast. Um, <laughs> let's get into the Arkansas game. I think this is one that we all had like penciled in,
0: maybe in Sharpie that it was going to be an L in the preseason, right? I mean, if you're a hater, yeah. Um, if you're <laughs> a blue goggled BYU apologist like us here on the podcast, maybe not. <laughs> um, here's a fun fact
1: for you. This is the first ever game BYU football will play in the state of
0: Arkansas. Nice. It was relatively fun, I guess. Yeah, traveling the country. Shout out BYU. Cool, cool. Uh, I do like that we're
1: playing a big team in the non-con. We're not going SEC style, right? I mean, we are playing an SEC game, so that kind of defeats that uh, little (laughs) shade I was going to throw. But anyway, um, moving on. Let's get into Arkansas. What kind of a team is Arkansas? Because we saw them last year. They had Rocket Sanders. They had KJ Jefferson. They had an amazing defense or an amazingly bad defense. Mm -hmm. Um, But their offense was really, really good. And they had a great O-line, played a lot of bully ball. KJ Jefferson is incredible. How are they different this year? What kind of a team are they this year?
0: I mean, they are not entirely different this year. They do play a lot of bully ball still. I mean, that's just what they do. Um, This is a run first ground and pound team. They are going to be a little different just because Raheem Rocket-Sanders is out, but uh, with an injury just for this week. Uh, praise maybe, the heavens. I don't know. It's a minor knee injury. Uh, we we Minor knee injuries, we will praise the heavens for. We'd never Pittman, wish a, a permanent injury on anybody. But, uh, yeah, minor thing, though, just keep you out of week. Sam Pittman said
1: it was turf toe, so even better. Turf toe? Oh, my <laughs> goodness.
0: But, yeah, as we were saying, Arkansas, this is a run-first kind of offense. They have attempted 44 passes in two games, which, you know, isn't that that isn't a lot. They've rushed 81 times in two games, almost twice the amount of time that they have spent passing the ball. They have run the ball. So yeah, this is a ground and pound team, just like last year.
1: Uh, Yeah. And the defense is very strong this year. They were, like we said, they were really bad last year. Um, That was kind of their Achilles heel. I mean, they gave up 35 to BYU last year. Um but this is a team that now the defense is playing really well. Granted, they haven't really played any, I mean, they beat Kent state last week. Uh, Kent state has what many sports writers consider the worst roster in FBS. Um, and they only beat them 28 to six. Uh, it, it was interesting. They did beat Western Carolina, 56 to 13. I mean, I don't know how many times Western Carolina scores 13 points on FBS teams, but, uh, We got 16 points scored on us by an FCS team, so I can't say that we're doing exactly (laughs) amazing in that department. Um, But, yeah, this is a team that looks a lot like BYU, honestly. Defense is playing better than the offense right now, for sure. Um, Like you said, they are a run-first team. That is their identity. That's what they want to get to. But they're breaking in a new offensive coordinator, and the offensive coordinator is still, like, adjusting to the things that this squad does well, the things that they're struggling with. And one of those things is the run game. They haven't been as as dominant in the run game as they have been in the past. Uh, Sam Pittman talked about it in his press conference yesterday that BYU reminds him of like his own team because they we can't figure out the run game. Neither can they. They tried to in the second half, Sam Pittman even said, he's like, in the second half, I told ILC, like, look, we're going to win the game no matter what. So let's just try every single run game run play in the book and try and figure out what's going to work for us. Obviously not having rocket Sanders is a huge minus. um, But there there's not, this isn't going to be an offensive juggernaut like it was last year. There, there are some questions and some places that the BYU defense might be able to hang with them uh, in several respects, especially the run game. If we can put a stop to it.
0: Oh heck yeah. And I love that Santon Pittman that that, I love that. That was a strategy. I mean, Can you tell that he was an offensive line coach before he became a head coach? (laughs) Because that dude just wants to figure out the run game. To kind of put what Jared was saying into perspective, Arkansas this year only scored 28 points on Kent State. A week before that, UCF dropped twice as many points, 56, on Kent State. I mean, that's kind of just the way Arkansas plays the game. They bleed the clock. They run the ball. They don't get out of bounds. There's not a lot of incompletions because K.J. Jefferson just doesn't pass the ball very much. He does drop back, but the second he gets pressured, K.J. Jefferson is going on the run. And BYU fans remember very well what happens when K.J. (laughs) Jefferson goes on the run and you do not tackle soundly. So that is something that BYU has got to take care of. They have to contain K.J. Jefferson the entire game. And they can't let him bounce off a bunch of tackles just like last year. Yep. With... And... Go for it.
1: I, well, I was just going to say, and just like last year, he's either going to run on you or he's just going to extend the play eight seconds and no one can guard for eight seconds, especially in man coverage, which we're going to be playing a lot of. There's there's no chance we're going to be able to cover the receivers for that long. So we need to contain him. We need to either bring him down or keep him in the pocket, force him to beat us with his arm because he doesn't have the greatest arm. Like, his biggest strength is that he's hard to bring down and he can run. If we can contain him, make him beat us with his arm, I think we have a chance, especially with such good secondary. Minus oh, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, he played better. Slade played better. True. Um, true. Yeah, KJ Jefferson, he's not very good at these short to intermediate passes. He just will run around for eight seconds and yeet the ball down the field. Like, that's all he knows how to do. Granted, he had, had, does have some wide receivers that have come down with those passes. The most consistently targeted of those wide receivers is Andrew Armstrong. He's a 6'4", 201, Mm. uh, pretty tall, pretty lengthy wide receiver who has three of KJ Jefferson's four uh, passing touchdowns. He has received three of the four this year. He doesn't have the most yards, but he does have the most targets by far, and he has the most touchdowns. So that's one thing we're going to have to look out for, Andrew Armstrong, in this game. As well as AJ Green, who will be filling in for Raheem Rocket Sanders, who he's going to be shouldering the majority of the carries. But man, he is just as good as Rocket Sanders.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to come down to our D line. Like, like you said, I mean, the secondary is going to be something to watch, especially in the red zone. Like you were saying, Andrew Armstrong, the red zone target. I'm I'm excited to see what we do against that because we don't have any super big DBs. Like, I guess Mori Bamba is kind of big, but he, you know, is second string. So I'm kind of interested there. Um, And then the D line. I mean, you just can't give KJ Jefferson time to run around, find open receivers in the red zone. You can't let them open up giant holes in the run game. They're going to run a lot of pin and pull uh, run action, try and get to the outside and then come back and do a fake outside inside run. So we need to lock down on the defensive line. And that's something that I haven't really seen uh, from the D line yet is an absolute lockdown. And I think that's what we're going to need to do if we want to win this football game
0: do you think that Jay Hill will be trying to create pressure in more creative ways versus Arkansas? In other words, I guess, do you think that he's been hiding some things versus Sam Houston and SUU that he'll be able to pull out versus the Razorbacks? Uh,
1: I would hope so. We've seen a lot, like we've seen a lot of multiple looks, different number of down linemen blitzes from basically everywhere on the field. I would hope that he's hiding some sort of pressure. Um, uh, some sort of like pressure package to kind of contain or spy the quarterback. Um, but I do expect him to be very aggressive. I expect Jay Hill to throw a, just a bajillion looks at them, especially with their offensive line struggling with communication. There's going to be a lot of pre snap movement on the defensive line, I would assume, for BYU. Uh, you're going to have Thule and Ben Bywater all over the field, and I would expect to see some corner blitzes. Um, KJ Jefferson, we don't really know how long his process, how fast he can process because he doesn't need to. I I think they're going to try and make him, you know, pressure. They're going to try and pressure him into making quick decisions. And hopefully we can come up with some interceptions. Uh, Maybe, you know, look like we're going to blitz after coming all day and then drop back into that drop eight and get a pick or something. Um, I I think if BYU wins, it's going to be because the defense uh, can slow down their offense because our offense, the run game, I mean, it needs to improve if we want to win. But I think our defense is going to be the determining factor. Can we stop KJ Jefferson from just picking us apart, extending plays, getting yards on the ground and through the air when he extends the plays, rolls
0: out, and bounces off tacklers? Oh, yeah, that's great analysis, Jared. But um, where do you think Arkansas has the advantage in this game? You mentioned some things, KJ Jefferson. You mentioned an an offensive line that's normally good, but but that is struggling now. What are some other advantages that Arkansas has over BYU in this game?
1: I would say the biggest one apart from KJ Jefferson just cuz he's a you know he's a game changer. He he's an elite athlete. I there we're playing at Arkansas. Now, I know like the guys on our team have played in some pretty hostile environments like you know, we played at Notre Dame, but it was like or we played in Vegas against Notre Dame is probably 50-50 there. Um like I, we we've played in decent environments, but this is there's literally nothing else except Walmart in Arkansas. Like these fans are rabid. The woo pig mm-hmm. suey thing. Like, and and then you talk about our mm-hmm. transfers too. Uh, Keaton Slovis. He knows what uh big time environments are like, right? He's played all over. But Keelan Marion, um, Darius Lassiter, Aiden Robbins. Like these are guys that have played G five football and really excelled, but they haven't played in big environments like this. So, I'm really interested to see how they hold up, you know, Ethan Slade, Crew Wakely, like our backup DBs, uh, Camden Garrett, the Weber State guys, Eddie Heckard. This is going to be a very, very different environment from anything they've ever experienced. And they have to hold up under pressure when it's loud, when it's quiet, when you know the pressure's on, all the fans are yelling at you. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how we respond to a true road test against a very, very hostile environment.
0: Yeah, this isn't going to be one of those BYUs filling up 40% of the stadium games. That's not how this is going to be. There's not enough available tickets at Arkansas for that to happen. Arkansas is going to fill the stadium. We will fill our visitor section, and we will have, you know, random royal blue sparse throughout the arena, the football field, the stadium. But this is going to be probably a 85 to 90% Arkansas crowd. And they are going to be crazy. They are going to be loud. Arkansas has won their last seven September home games. Whew. That's nothing to be sneezed at. Arkansas plays well at home and BYU should be ready. I hope that they are pumping mute. They are pumping fan noise into their practices because they are going to need it.
1: Yeah. And uh, I would like to know where they record the fan noise because if at football games, I get it. But like, if they need a couple of people to just come yell, like cuss words at the players, you know, you just yell into a mic. Uh, We can do that. Uh, reach out to us, uh, hit us up on the socials. Uh, we'll yeah. definitely come in and, and just hurl insults at BYU players all day long if you need us to. That would be, I, I would love that personally. Um, if BYU wins this game, Justin, Oh yeah, for sure. It, if BYU wins this game, why? Like, if, if BYU wins, it will be because dot 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 what happens? What does BYU need to do to win the game? It will be it
0: because they forced KJ Jefferson to pass the ball. KJ Jefferson made some mistakes and we forced some turnovers. If BYU wins, it will be because our wide receivers, such as Keanu Hill, Keila Marion, Darius Lasseter, Cody Epps, Chase Roberts, made plays. We it's gonna be it's going to need to be a total team effort, but if BYU wins, it will be because our wide receivers made plays. And KJ Jefferson laid an egg because they forced him into the pocket.
1: Uh, it's definitely going to be a fun game and I'm right there with you. Uh, it's going to be who can pass the ball better. And Keaton obviously has the better arm, obviously the better passer of the football. Um, and if we can force KJ Jefferson and Arkansas into that kind of a game, not let them dictate the tempo. I'm hundred percent with you. That's why we'll win the game. All
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: All right. Uh, Any other parting thoughts? I mean, we'll get back to this game in our Tipsy 10 picks. Um, But we do have a full weekend of college football to recap. It was a beautiful weekend of college football. In fact, there were so many great games uh, late into the night, early in the morning. There were a a great deal of good games. And you know how we're about to start our recap. Oh, heck
0: yeah. Let's rail up the nifty nine. Uh,
1: wah, wah. <laughs> we begin in Lawrence, Kansas, where the Fighting Illini of Illinoise, uh took on Lance, Lair's Got the Helipold, and the Rock Chalk Blackhawks. The booth was rocking more than Moose's Loose Tooth as the Black Cad Birds flew out to an early 28-7 lead. Brett Bowling Ball, Bulimia, tried to get his pin actions going, but Jalen Jack Daniels and company would not be made turkeys, holding on to a Cougar fan scaring 34 to 23 victory.
0: Whoa, that is insane, boom. We now take a trip down to the company named Way, Waco for short, where some disgusting red team from somewhere in the state were recording went to play the Bears. Ham's stock was not rising due to injury, and the backup quarterback struggled more than the headless horseman at the top hat store. Mm. Baylor wasn't much better, however, as their offense looked grimsy at best the whole game. The punts, the whatever they're called, the y- y- uh, you, I can't even say it. Pull out a lucky victory, 20 to 13. Gosh
1: dang it, boom! Next up, we had Toussaint chapelle Hill, where everybody thought the Tarski Helios were gonna want the Appalachian Hilton-Ears. But just like the good old senile Corso would say, not so fast. Application State's pathetic offense mustered it up just not so the tuddlies but. to force NCAA ruined overtime. As Drake, maybe not a Heisman contender, drag tried to drag his forces to victory. After scampering in for a tuddly and getting smangled on the subsequent two-point conversion attempt in double overtime, Smack browned his pants because Tatum ran all over him in 2013's defense came up clutch once again, sealing the 40-34 victory for Dan's least favorite
0: basketball school. Wow. Hey, man. Man, pull. Pull. Hey, man, pull my finger. (laughs) Pull, man. (laughs) Pullman. (laughs) The Scanson Badge-ass took a road trip to the state of Washington, where the Cougars were fighting two battles on Saturday, one on the field and one in the courtroom versus the Pack-X. Luke was fickle with his touchdowns, only scoring three. That was not enough, and the Washington State Cougars took home two victories, both on the field, 31 to 22, and in the courtroom with a freaking restraining order against everyone in the Pac-12, except for Oregon State. We love
1: to see it, boom. Uh, We next travel to my hammy town for this year's edition of the Overspending and Underperforming Bowl. Bimbo Fisker and the Texas 8 and 4 Agriculture will sell you on the final score up and down your 35-year-old overalls, (laughs) but don't let them get you into an $85 million deal because the real you is back, baby. TV not B. (gasps) D is no longer Eddie threw for 374 yards and five tunnelies. That was a spelling mistake. I definitely missed something there Uh, in what should have been a Uh 63-17 booty walloping. But the Hurricane Ivices were too focused on trash talking and head hunting to really put the game to bed. Even so, Mario Crystal Ball and his Luigi's emerged victorious 48 to 33.
0: Next up, we set our aims for Ames, Iowa, that is, where the Ferens family was hoping to beat up on their ugly cousin, the Cyclones. Brian Ferens is on pace to be fired after winning the football game. Yep, you heard that right. He only scored 20 points, less than his contractually obligated amount, but Iowa State was even worse with 13. Iowa proves to be the more superior farming colony, 20 to 13. Good to know,
1: good to know. Well, partner, let's
0: saddle on up and take a ride
1: to the Old Town Road in La Texas, where the Oregon schmucks took on the tortilla throwing yeah. Red Raiders. The Second Amendment was going strong until the fourth quarter, where the rare and liberals of the Pacific Northwest shocked a whole village with some guns of their own. Bo not Picks led his mallards down the field oh. for a go-ahead field goal, and then Tyler shucked his own corn and threw a game-stealing pick six. That was also very important to some of our friends out in the desert. What a game! The Duckies
0: win 38 to oh. 30. Lest we forget, let us take a trip to the home of the beautiful Idaho Potato Bowl. Unlike Zach Wilson, neither UCF nor Boise City had a perfect game on the Smurf turf. The game was closer than two siblings from Alabama, going back and forth and back and forth like a pendulum of being bad. Boise tried to summon the powers of the state, but fell short once again after it realized that Boise is indeed a city, not a state. UCF wins it on a walk-off field goal, 18-16. Now,
1: we're going to try something here, but it's over Zoom, so bear with us. One, two, three. Beautiful Beautiful day. Day. Alabama Alabama lost. Now they will not not make the the playoff. Hopefully, Hopefully, their QB QB stinks. And so does their team. And so does their team. Beautiful day (laughs) for all CFB fans. (laughs) <laughs> for all college football fans
0: that is awesome. <laughs> um yeah that was quite oh the weekend. gosh i can't even wait to hear how that sounded on the playback <laughs> um quick thoughts uh i is think Col- I might be like oh, a full very good second and a half behind you yeah i know it's it's uh is colorado good yes yes is colorado good um i do think they're good i do not think they're great however I don't think this is a playoff team, like some of the pundits are saying, the talking heads. But <laughs> I think that's probably a nine and three football team. Okay, okay. Uh, is Texas back? Mm. Um, they just won at Bama. Like I, I, don't think there's any way Texas is back until proven otherwise. Okay, I agree. They looked really, really good. They were the better team. Uh, next question is the U yeah, back? oh let let, let me hear what you think on this one jared uh
1: i i think so it i mean they won a football game they scored 48 points they beat a team that is supposed to be good um they were not the most incompetent team on the field for once in like the last 10 years uh and they were headhunting and had actual swagger not just the fake swagger of a team that goes five and seven uh i want them to be back so i'm gonna say yes
0: Do you think it's good for college football if both the U and Texas are back? Um,
1: I would say yes. I want more engagement from fan bases. Mm. I don't care about the money, the money deals. I don't care about the national pundits, whatever they say. I want fan bases engaged. And I think the more fan bases we have engaged, especially fan bases like Miami and Texas, that are already annoying enough. I think that will make college football a better sport because what does college football come down to? It comes down to the fans in the stadium, in the, in the locker, like in the, the office, uh, bantering with your buddies at work. College football is at its best when fans are engaged with the sport. And I think having Miami and Texas back will help that. And so I say, yes.
0: I got to completely agree with you on that one, man. Miami back. Texas being back, USC being back. You Florida got all State? these national powerhouses with big fan bases that when yeah Florida State, when all these schools are back, more college football fans come out of the woodwork, and you just love to see that
1: absolutely. Um, let's move ahead. And we were talking about casuals and experts earlier. And like we said, I'm not going to casual shame anybody because I've done that before. And people don't like me for it. So I'm trying to be a nicer human being. Uh, I'm not a casual. You are not a casual. We are not casuals here on the Royal Strong and True podcast. But there are casuals out there. Um, And we appreciate you as long as you don't pretend to be an expert. Now, here's where I'm going with all this. For casuals, this College Football Saturday is probably going to look very lackluster. If you're a casual and you only follow the big brands or you only follow the the biggest matchups, you're not going to be super impressed. You're probably going to watch a lot of NFL this weekend or go to a wedding or do some stupid fall thing that people do on Saturdays because they're normal. Um, This week has a ton of good matchups. If you are a true college football sicko like us, and we'll get into this later, but I'm just getting it out there. Casuals will not be impressed with this lineup. Won't see a lot of good games in there. But if you look deeper, if you get a little bit sicko with us, you will see the beauty in this weekend. Because it's actually a very good slate if you truly follow and love the sport of college football. Now, now if you don't, you just like it from a distance, that's totally fine. I'm not shaming anyone. But I'm just saying you're not going to get as much from this weekend as we will. Is that okay? Is that, that come across too mean,
0: Justin? No, I think that's totally okay, man. Just as long as fans are self-aware, right? If you enjoy college football from a distance or you're only a BYU fan, not a college football fan, that is okay. That is okay. But we are sickos on this podcast. But I do have to make one uh, small correction, Jared. Oh, When okay. it comes to upset picks, when it comes to upset picks, I think one of us may very well be a casual. Do it would seem that way, that? wouldn't
1: it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah big L for me in the oh,
0: let's let's get straight into that
1: yeah that was yep. not good not good for me uh, another huge L Arizona State has three offensive linemen out um they lost two of them in this game against Oklahoma State they went one of five on fourth downs uh and they ended up just losing because they literally went for it every fourth down and didn't get it sounds a lot like BYU huh Whereas Justin, you had another week, my man.
0: <laughs> Heck yeah, I did. Just to remember, just to remind everyone how these upset picks work. Right, we pick an underdog, and if they cover the spread, you get one point. If they win outright, you get three. This is my second straight week with a three-pointer, baby. I chose Northwestern, who was a home dog versus UTEP. It was never in doubt. Northwestern <laughs> won by like five touchdowns. It was incredible. I'm at a perfect two and O on the year. I feel super proud of myself and I am pumped for this week's upset picks as well. So just for, for all the casuals
1: out there fade me and tail, Justin, whatever he says, take it to the bank. (laughs) Uh, And Justin, what, what are we taking to the bank this week?
0: This week, I am taking to the bank Utah State, who is on the road in Fort Collins, Colorado, versus Air Force. They are a nine and a half point dog. You Woo. can get the money line for plus two ninety five for Utah State. I think Utah State will win this football game. Offensively, they look great versus Idaho. I mean, I mean that's not saying much, right? Versus right. Idaho. <laughs> All right, sorry, Idaho State. Idaho State, the Bengals. Um, not saying much, but I do think that air force will not be able to put up enough points to compete with Utah state, much less cover a 10 point spread when your offensive, when your offense is consisted of a quarterback who has literally only attempted six passes in two weeks. (laughs) Give me Utah state plus nine and a half and the money.
1: I think that one's going to be an easy cover, especially if Utah state starts out fast and can control the tempo over baby that one's over air force only beat sam houston 13 to 3 last week we'll see if utah state who put up 80 can can put up more than that and i think they can i think that's a great pick for me uh no one listened to this but i'm going with san jose state at toledo toledo is eight point favorite san jose state one and two on the year um but that's because they've played oregon state and usc Uh, who are two top 15 teams with great offenses. I think San Jose State's quarterback is awesome. I think Toledo just has a great defense, has a good team. But I think San Jose State has a playmaker, a difference maker at quarterback. So I think they're going to cover that. I think they're probably going to win. At the very least, I'm expecting at least one point. Come on, football gods. Give it to me. San Jose State at Toledo.
0: Dude, I'm I'm with you on that one. Actually, I told you I was buying stock in San Jose State at the end of the episode last week. So, totally with you on that one.
1: Let's go. Um, and that leads us into our Tipsy Ten picks. Uh, last week was, but it was more uh similar. We were all more similar. There's a there's a standard deviation of like 0. 0.5. Uh, me and Justin, we both went five and five. Uh, mostly the same picks, and we split the ones that we split the picks on, uh, whereas the fans went six and four. So not much better, but still better than us. We have some catching up to do uh, against the group. Justin, how are you feeling at a solid 10
0: and 10 on the season now? You know, it's a new week, right? We're zero and zero. I can actually say that because that's kind of what my record reflects. Um, (laughs) It's a new week to go 10 and 0 and I cannot wait I am not, I do not have an unfortunate record with an unfortunate connotation, like a certain person here, but uh, the fans, they're doing great. Shout out to them with a 70% clip at 14 and six. I'm okay at 10 and 10. It's a new week. How do you feel Jared though? At um, nine and 11. Uh, Baby steps. I mean, four and six first week wasn't good. Five and five second
1: week, literally just zero, zero. And then we're going to go six and four this week. I can feel it. Just baby steps. We'll make our way up to 10-0 and eventually. Uh, Yeah,
0: just got to take those baby steps, you know? What was that one conference talk? The constant accumulation of marginal gains or something like that? Exactly. Get 1% better every day. That's what I'm doing. Every week, I'm
1: getting 1% better. They would very Uh much approve of me getting better at the tipsy 10. That sounds like something the general authorities would love for everyone to do. Um, And I will be doing that.
0: All right, man, let's jump straight into it. We got our tipsy Ten for this week. Let's start off with a Friday game that will be at 5 p.m. on ESPN. Army will be traveling to San Antonio to take on the (laughs) Roadrunners, who are a nine-point favorite at home. 52% of the fans have chosen the (laughs) Roadrunners to win this game. Jared, who do you got?
1: This is a really interesting game. I'm very excited for this one. Um the fan split is very close, which I really wasn't expecting, but army does have their new offense. They have been throwing passing touchdowns. Um, They have been throwing for first downs on not just third and 13s. Uh, They've been looking interesting. I'm going to go with UTSA. I think they're going to win, but if you had to choose me to force, uh, if if you had to, if you had to force me to choose against the spread, I think I'm going to take army, but, since these are just straight
0: up, I'm going to be taking the Rebels
1: Roadrunners.
0: People forget, man. I mean, recency bias is crazy. Sure, yeah, Army put up 57 points versus Delaware State. But they also <laughs> lost by four to the University of Louisiana Monroe. Yeah. The University of Louisiana Monroe. Like, if they, if Kent State doesn't have the worst roster in America, <laughs> UL Monroe does every single year. This is going to be an easy pick for me, UTSA.
1: Uh, next up, we go to 1.30 on ESPN uh, on Saturday, and we got the Minnesota Golden Gofies going to number 20, North Carolina. North Carolina's – I love their non-conference scheduling philosophy. You get Minnesota, App State, South Carolina. Like that's – that is what every college football – uh, program should aspire to do in the non-conference imagine how good the sport would be if they did that um unc home favorite seven and a half pretty close honestly um but the fans 85 percent have backed unc uh so where are you going with this one justin you going drake me the tar heels or the greek rifle and minnesota
0: i think this is a north carolina bounce back game once you play app state app state's always a weird game you can't necessarily guarantee a win but they did pull it out in overtime and I think they bounced back this week UNC over Minnesota
1: yeah uh, I'm with you I'm going UNC here Uh, I didn't watch the Minnesota Nebraska game I have no idea who Minnesota played last week Uh, but the one thing that my brother told me from the Minnesota Nebraska game is that Minnesota's quarterback is a liability UNC's is not give me the tar heels and the defense that have been surprisingly really good this year
0: Who did Minnesota play last week? That's, you got me super curious now, actually. Um, they played Eastern Michigan, beat them 25 to 6. See, that's moving on a, to the third game in our story. tipsy 10. Yeah, no, that is definitely a weird score. Anyway, moving on to the third game in our tipsy 10, we got a 5 p.m. game on Saturday on ESPN where the number 11 Tennessee volunteers will be taking a trip to the swamp to play Flor- Florida. Florida. <laughs> Tennessee is a seven-point favorite on the road. 96% of the fans, 96% have voted for Tennessee. Jared, who do you got? Okay. Tennessee has looked shaky
1: first couple weeks. Um, They did not pull away from Virginia very quickly. They did not pull away from Austin P very quickly. Um, and they didn't even beat them that bad. I am kind of – I got my eyes on you tennessee i got my eyes on you i mean there's no reason they should lose this game though right like they have one of the best quarterbacks in the country and they have this amazing offense but this seven point line is just stinky like they it i feel like this should be like a 14 and a half 15 point line it's very interesting to me this line i think i'm gonna take tennessee but like i said i got my eyes on this team because i'm not super convinced
0: Yeah, no, you're completely right. This is a super stinky line. Uh, Going into the swamp is hard to do, but if Utah can beat Florida, anyone can easy dub for the university of Tennessee.
1: Great logic there, Justin. I love it. Um, (laughs) Our next game up is five 30 on NBC, the national broadcasting channel. Um, They're doing their big 10 games now in addition to Notre Dame games. And we have Syracuse at Purdue. Um, This one is definitely one that I laughed at when I first saw it. 530 primetime NBC Syracuse at Purdue just screams primetime to me. But if we're talking about like close games, these teams are very evenly matched. Uh, Syracuse is just, you know, the middle of the road P5 team that wins some good ones, loses some bad ones. And then Purdue, they can upset the big dogs, but they're bringing in new head coach. They got Hudson Card at quarterback. He's honestly, he's a great, good quarterback. Just whether or not they can get the offense humming under defensive minded uh, Ryan Walters. I'm interested to see this one. It's projected to be a 2.5 point victory for Syracuse. The fans are on the other side, 56% going with Purdue. I don't know, Justin, what are you, what are you thinking here? I think this one's going to be a good game not for the casuals, but for good college football fans that like to see entertaining and close uh, matchups.
0: Yeah, Syracuse is one of the only teams in the nation, I think one of six maybe, that is averaging 50 points a game. Their offense is going crazy. You, you just can't stop them. I don't think Purdue will be able to. Purdue has struggled this year, notably losing to Fregno Staple at home. Give mm-hmm. me Syracuse in this game. See, I want to go with Syracuse here. Um,
1: I want to, but – I we got to make up ground on the fans somehow. Right. And so I'm feeling the pull to go to Syracuse. They have that great offense, but Purdue, I just feel like has a shot in this game. I think they're going to come out and surprise some people, but I need to make points up. I need to make points up. It's principal pick. You got to fade the fans in order to catch up with them. So I'm going with Syracuse as well. I would not be surprised if Purdue wins this one though. I think it's going to be close. I think Purdue has a real shot, but got to go with the Q's.
0: Heck yeah, man, dude, yeah, principle, Principal always. Next up, we got a very interesting kind of sicko game for you. This will be at 5 p.m. on CBS Sports Network on Saturday when the Vanderbilt Commodores travel to Sin City to take on the UNLV Rebels. Vanderbilt is favored by four points on the road. 54% of the fans have chosen Vanderbilt to win this game. Jared, where do you fall This is another
1: principal pick for me, but not the principal you're thinking of. Usually we go G5 over P5, and we always pick against the SEC. However, I have been doing very poor in my picks. Uh, I guess not very poor, but I have not been doing as well as I would have hoped. So I'm going to go with my other principal, which is fade what you want to happen. So give me Vanderbilt. I will be rooting for UNLV, but that's why I'm choosing Vanderbilt.
0: Boom. I know boring. Yeah. I don't think UNLV is that great this year. I do think Vanderbilt is better this year. They are improved. I'm going with Vandy on this one.
1: Well, it's another clean sweep. So congratulations, UNLV. Um, Next up, we have a game uh, in a time slot that was very favorable to one of these teams last week. And by what I mean by that is it's 830 on FS1, the late night game. Arizona State is again hosting a tough opponent. Um, Fregno staple comes to town and guess what? Fregno staple is a three point road favorite over a P five team. 62% of the fans are still backing Arizona state. I, I, this is a principal pick, man. I'm throwing away a pick here. I'm going with the sun devils. Uh, I, I got to, um, I, they have Aww. a great quarterback. I love Jaden Rashada. He is a freshman for sure, but he's good. I, their offensive line sucks. Uh, their defense held Oklahoma State to zero rushing yards in the first half. Uh, they were playing very, very well. If they just don't go one of five on fourth downs, they win that game easy. Um, so I'm going with the Sun Devils, more of a principal pick than anything. I can't I can't pick against them. I can't. Um, Fregno Staple, congratulations. You're probably going to win this game by 50.
0: Yeah, no, Fregno Staple is going to win this game by 50. I'm going with Fregno Staple on this one. This is an, the easiest pick of the slate for me. Fregno staple is going to win this game by at least 10 points.
1: <laughs> uh, we really need to get some more diversity in our picks. Justin, that's the only one so
0: far. <laughs> I mean, Hey, I mean, yeah, I guess so. We've differed from the fans on a couple of things, but that's anyway, true. let's move on to a very controversial game where Saturday at 10 AM on ESPNU, the Iowa state cyclones will be taken on the Ohio Bobcats in Ohio. Iowa state is favored on the road as a three point favorite. 70% of our fans have chosen Iowa state to win this football game. Jared, where do you fall?
1: Dude, give me Ohio dude. Give me Curtis Rourke is back. He's healthy. <laughs> Hopefully um, I'm going with Ohio. This, this just screams like maxion to me. You know, you have Iowa state who has a bunch of degenerate gamblers on their team. Well, not on the team anymore. Um, I, 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 I like Ohio in this game. I really do. They're playing at home. It's 10 a.m. So, you know, all the fans are going to be drunk from last night. Like, I don't I don't know. I'm going with Ohio in this one. I got to make up some ground on the fans. Uh, and I think this is one where Ohio could win the game. They have a superior quarterback. Defense is right. Uh Iowa State literally can't name a single player on their team. So give me Ohio.
0: Yeah, man, th- this is another super easy one for me. got to agree with you. Ohio is going to win this football game. Iowa state is a dumpster fire. I say this every, th- every single week, Matt Campbell should have gotten off the train when it started to pick up speed, because now <laughs> there's no getting off that train. You're getting fired at Iowa state buddy. And then nobody's hiring you ever again. So yeah, give me the Ohio Bobcats in this one.
1: Uh, great analysis there. I, the the imagery was so vivid in my mind. I absolutely love it. Um Next up, we have a game Saturday, 5 p.m. on guess what? The No Fun League Network. Uh, yes, you heard that correctly. Uh, some random Sunbelt games are just on fun on the No Fun League Network, just for no reason. This is one of them. Um JMU at Troy. Troy is won the Sunbelt, won the G five like lottery, I guess. I don't know. They won, they were the best G5 team last year. Um JMU. Is very good. They won the Sun Belt actually last year. Troy, however, is three point favorites. JMU is the fan favorite, 76%. Justin, who are you going with in this one? A battle of Sun Belt powers.
0: I really like Troy in this one, to be honest. I'm going to go with Troy just because JMU played with their food a little bit too much for my likings versus Virginia. Let them hang in close for a little bit. I mean, yeah, sure. You kind of had to because Virginia was honoring the, you know, the fallen players and that terrible catastrophe. But then after the second half, when they um, decided that that was over, JMU turned it on. I don't think that they will be able to play with their food as much versus Troy. I think Troy is a much better football team than Virginia, which is kind of hilarious to say. But (laughs) give me Troy in this game. I think Troy pulls out the victory.
1: Yeah, see I was hoping I was, I was hoping we were going to get another different one but yeah, I'm also going with Troy. I just think their defense is too good. James Madison didn't look super impressive against Virginia. I know Virginia was playing with something special, you know, uh, like you said in the memorium. But yeah, I just think Troy's too much. Uh, JMU hasn't impressed me. They they just haven't looked that good this year. Maybe they will. Um, you know, and the fans will gain another uh, game on us. Uh, but we'll see. I'm I'm also going with Troy and Gunnar Watson.
0: All right, man. Next up we got the Backyard Brawl which will be on primetime 5:30 p.m. on ABC on Saturday. You get Pitt who's traveling to West Virginia to play in that Backyard Brawl. Pitt is a one point road favorite. We got lots of road favorites in this slate. We do. 72% of the fans have chosen West Virginia to win this game. Jared, who do you got? This is a tough
1: one for me cuz Pitt does not look as good as I thought they would. I thought they were going to be one of the best teams in the ACC. Uh, and they lost to Cincy. I mean, Sincey's looked better than they were supposed to, but Pitt, man, come on, dude. Phil Drakovic has looked terrible. Like, I don't know. Uh, and then West Virginia, they were like a little bit feisty with Penn State. Penn State, clearly the better team, but didn't beat them up like we thought they would. I don't know, man. I don't know what to go with here. Uh, shout out to both of these teams for playing this game. I think this is going to be the Siri, the Siri flip a coin pick. Um, and I, I, you know what? Never mind. Take me home to the place where I belong. Mount Mama, something, something. Yeah, West Virginia.
0: That was beautiful singing, Jared. That was actually incredibly executed. You should be a voice coach. Um, <laughs> I'm going to differ with you on this one. I'm going with Pitt. I'm going to break up the clean sweep. Oh I think Pitt is a much better team than they showed versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a solid team, man. They've recruited well for a long time. And now with, for whatever reason, Satterfield, at head coach, um, they actually looked competent. West Virginia, I haven't seen anything from them to prove that they will be competitive in this game yet. So I'm taking pit on this one.
1: Uh, regardless, I'm very excited to watch this game. This game last year was insane. The fans turn out for this one. This is a fan favorite. Should be played every single year. Absolutely amazing. But... We must move on to the game of the weekend, 5.30, prime time, baby, on ESPN2 against the Arkansas Razorbacks and Woo Pig Suey. I mean, we all know we're going to go with BYU here. Um, Arkansas is favored by eight, though. Justin, what is your score prediction for this game?
0: My score prediction for this game is that BYU, we will win this game. Um, let's go with 24 to 20. Oh, 24 baby. to 20. That will be my score prediction. I think BYU wins it in a close one in Arkansas, 24 to 20.
1: <laughs> my score prediction is 24, 21. So, uh, again, very, <laughs> very much different between us. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be lower scoring than people think. I think BYU is going to surprise some people. I think we are going to play better than people think. I think Arkansas is not as good as a lot of people think. Um, But yeah, I think both offenses are going to struggle to run the ball and it's going to be low scoring. It's going to be whoever has the better quarterback. Uh, And I, and I think BYU is just going to pull it out. I think we're going to have one better possession than they will. Yeah. 24, 21, 24, 20, either way. It's a dub, right? Uh, We do have some sad news to report though. Only 86%. We got defectors. We do. We have defectors. Only 86% of our loyal, quote-unquote loyal uh, followers have chosen BYU. So you know what we must do? We must out the defectors and publicly humiliate them. Justin, would you do the honors?
0: Mm-hmm. I will start by saying one mean thing about the first person on this list, Jacob Call. Ooh. Um You voted against BYU. I hope a bird poops in your hair and then nests in it while you are not unconscious by the bird poop. And you wake up to a pigeon that has laid eggs in your hair. Ooh, good one. Good one. (laughs) Um, uh, Next up, we
1: have Katie call. Uh, Something's wrong in my family. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Katie, I hope you're at homecoming. And... You get a pie smashed in your face right before pictures. And so all of your pictures, you have cake and and chocolate frosting all up in your hair uh, for your pictures. I hope that (laughs) horrible demise befalls
0: you. Dear Mark Stroud, um, honestly, I'm not I'm not upset at you. I know you're hurt. You're in a very hurt place. Alabama lost, you know. Beautiful day. Alabama <laughs> lost. Um yeah, I I feel bad for you, man. I know you're you're voting from a hurt place. I I hope that everything gets better for you, bud.
1: Uh yeah. I I would agree. We feel sorry for him as much as we are happened are are happied. Uh we are sadded uh for Mark. Um I hope USF covers the spread. Um <laughs> And then Tyler Coley. I don't know about you. I don't know who this is. Um, do you know Tyler Coley?
0: I don't know. Let me, let me do some research. Uh, we got to do beautiful podcasting here. Don't worry yep, about yep. it. Uh-huh. Tyler Coley. Don't worry. We are. Uh-huh, de- uh-huh. We are.
1: Are we are concocting a devious plan for Tyler Coley.
0: Um. He paints. He, he paints. He he paints. Uh. He does watercolors. Ooh. I hope you run out of water. I can't Tyler. see them because his a camera. Whoa. Hold on a second, Jared. Calm down. <laughs> I hope you run out of water for
1: your colors. <laughs> and then they'd be dry colors. Nobody likes a dry color painting. Yeah, no, those have never been good. Ever, ever. Well, there you have it. Um <laughs> yeah. There's our there's our pics. Uh there's a the public humiliation that everybody loves. Uh, we get raving reviews on that. Uh, no hate mail whatsoever. Um, it was a great episode. I mean, it's a lot packed into one. We may have to do a couple more of these uh, in the season as, as life gets a little crazier. Uh, but thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for sticking with us. And, uh, thanks to everybody that votes as well. Uh, we appreciate it when people actually cast a vote. Um, and you don't just like skip through the, the ones and go vote on the BYU one, because I do notice that we get less votes every single pick until BYU. And then suddenly we have more picks than we've gotten the whole time. So vote on all of them, people. And to those that do, thank you.
0: Absolutely. And if you're sitting here wondering, man, Jared and Dan, it's Dan sorry. Uh, my <laughs> name is not Dan. Dan, we do miss you though. Um, I love we you. Do miss Jared and Justin, were talking a lot about college football today, but I have no clue what football games to watch then boy, do we have the tool for you. Make sure you head to royalstrongandtrue.com where Jared will be posting the weekend watch guide once it's ready. The weekend watch guide will tell you what games to watch, when to watch them, where to watch them at, and how relevant each game is in our BYU fan hearts. Again, go to royalstrongandtrue.com or you will find those weekend watch guides and a lot of other fun material that Jared is putting together and some random stuff that Justin's thrown on that website as well.
1: It's beautiful. It is all beautiful. But we thank you and we will see you next time. Go
0: Cougars. Goodbye. Go Cougars. Love you. Bye.